Welcome to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell, where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture, team development, and the future of the safety industry. If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions, head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Back to another episode of the True Safety Podcast. Uh, if you're new here, I'm Seth Silvers. I jump in sometimes to help. Uh, and then uh, I'm here with our host, Apollonia Rockwell. Apollonia, how is your Friday morning going? Oh, my goodness. It's going so good. I can't good. believe. For, I mean, for the last couple of days, I've been thinking that tomorrow's Friday. So this week has been yeah. a whirlwind. And, yeah, I'm super excited Finally to be Friday. here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've this is this is your first podcast back recording after quite a break, uh, maternity break. So how is baby Goldie doing? Really, really good. She's been sleeping, uh, waking up, sleeping pretty good, waking up once in the middle of the night. So it's not too bad. So yeah, it's a huge relief to get some sleep just a little bit. So yeah, that's been nice. Yeah. And for those that don't know, um, Apollonia is a mother and she is a CEO. And what we're going to talk about today is that in the middle of all of that, she was just honored by Forbes magazine as one of the 30 under 30 um, from anywhere in the world for uh, in the category of education. And so I think that's amazing honor that heading into 2022, Apollonia, that you're being featured as uh, one of the top 30 voices under 30 in education. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, And just what that means, but also um, what have been some of the lessons? Because, you know, an honor like this, certainly, uh, you know, I know there's certainly a lot of people that we feel could deserve this honor. Um, But there's been challenges that you've worked through that have uh, helped them to recognize you in this. So let's start off with your backstory. Um, Tell us a little bit about your story and your backstory of what kind of makes your story unique bringing you to the place that you are now? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like a loaded question. What's my backstory, but, um, I'll take it back because for those of you who've listened for a while, you probably heard my story as far as how I got into safety, but I mean, I could just tell you a little bit about even before that. So my Mm -hmm. grandma, uh, my mom's mom, she came here from Mexico with my mom uh, when, when my mom was six months old. So imagine here's my grandma with a six month old baby. And I, and I think to myself, like I had a six month old baby. I was barely going to target. Like I was so afraid to like go out with her cause it was so stressful. But then I'm like, my grandmother came here to this country with a six month old baby. Didn't know any English. And, uh, um, then they became residents of the United States and just started working here. You know, she took that risk initially to provide a better life for my mom. And so that was pretty wild. And she went on to have two more kids. But um, yeah, my mom was just raised in a lot of adversity. I mean, my my grandma coming here, my, my mom growing up with just like no resources here. Her mom doesn't speak any English and she's just like the firstborn trying to figure it out, trying to learn English herself. 
um, it was just like really, really hard. And then my mom was the first to graduate high school. My mom was the first to graduate um, middle school, if that's called that, mm-hmm. graduating. Uh, then she, you know, then is the first to graduate high school. And then she goes on to UNC and then graduates uh, UNC here. And, um, yeah, then she had me in the midst of all this while she was going to school and working full time. So I just grew up in a household of extreme work ethic. And that came from my mom and my dad. My dad always worked in the oil and gas industry and those are 80 plus hour weeks and he was traveling um, and working two weeks on two weeks off my whole life and my mom you know she ever she never I've never heard the words I have to go to work like oh like complaining about work now that I really dissect my life you know how we all do that we're like what would our childhood really look like what are the message what are the messages that were told to us without telling us it was just through experiences and I've been really thinking about that and it was really those things that I never heard complaining about work. I never heard complaining about working 80-plus-hour work weeks. It was all a privilege. And we grew up really, really poor and just, um, you know, just didn't have a lot. But that, it, but that wasn't the focus. I, I never... My parents never told us or they weren't victims of their environment because they were working so hard to get us to the next level, to get us into the middle class. And so that hustle was just ingrained in me, I feel like, at a really young age. And, um, yeah, my parents were just really hard workers. And then my dad, I was in the third grade, and I'll never forget, um, I had a friend whose dad also worked with my dad. And one day my dad sat me down and was like, hey, um, my coworker, Marty, died on the drilling rig like at my work. And his hmm. son was in the third grade with me. And it was my first funeral. It was open casket. I remember the emotions. I remember, like, I remember everything. Like, that was yesterday. And it was at that point point where I realized my dad could go to work and not come home and that always just stuck with me I didn't think I was going to be in safety or anything like that but it just it just dawned on me that that was a reality because my dad was always at work and I would go to his job site sometimes and I would see this big drilling rig and this huge pumping machine that I just, I didn't understand, but there was a culture around oil and gas where it was like these rough and tough guys that just knew no harm. Like it was just Mm -hmm. this brotherhood of these guys and it was so cool to be them. But I, in my eyes, right, they were like the the superheroes in my life. Um, But it was dangerous. Like my dad would always tell me about so-and-so who lost a finger on the job. Oh, it didn't happen on my rig, but somebody else died because there was a cot in between. Somebody was um, crushed between a loader and a wall. You know, like I'd always hear about accidents. But on the flip side, I always always saw my dad, like back in the old school days, just like not caring about safety. Like, oh, safety's for losers. (laughs) Or, you know, it didn't say it like that, but just didn't really put an emphasis on safety. And I thought that was interesting. So... Uh, yeah, I went to college. I, 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 as soon as I got into college, I started working for an oil and gas company, and it was also a construction and transportation company. And I just learned everything I could about safety because I was so interested in it. 
and that's kind of how that started. <laughs> so I think it's interesting that you you know you grew up around this world, and then I mean it's a fairly male dominant world and male dominant industry. Um, but then you decided to like jump in and eventually, you know, start your own consulting company. I say eventually as if it was like a long time, but I mean, in your mid twenties, start a consulting and training company. What made you want to like dive in and work to actually like be a leader in the industry when it comes to safety training? Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I have always been really fearful once I got into the oil and gas industry and I realized just kind of the hazards I got to see it you know I always heard about it from my dad and I didn't work at on a drilling rig like I wasn't safety on a drilling rig it was a um a roustabout company and construction things like that but I saw the hazards for um for the first time in real life in real time I guess and so my husband at the time um, or I should say my boyfriend at the time, who now is my husband, <laughs> he worked in oil and gas. Now my dad worked in oil and gas, and I just wanted so bad for them to come home safely. Like that, sure, that's a tagline and that sounds cliche, but I was really afraid of my boyfriend at the time, <laughs> like working in this oil and gas industry where they don't provide safety training and it's kind of not cool to be in safety. And so mm -hmm. I just always had this fear too of how can I make this impactful? How can I make this work? Oh my gosh. And then I've never told this story before, but then I'm, um, I just, I'll never forget. I just started my safety. I started safety consulting and it was just me and I'm teaching on, I, I think at this time I have a full-time job at this oil and gas company, but I'm doing consulting on the weekends and evenings and I'm teaching a class and my little baby brother, like I swear, I think he probably just turned 16. He is finding his first summer job and he, he's taking one of my safe land classes. And I just like, I'll never forget the emotions I had in my class because he's such a dingling, my brother. Like he's such a buffoon. He's like a typical 16 year old, like nothing will happen to me. Like cool cucumber. He's in my class and I'm thinking to myself, I am so petrified that he is going to work in the oil and gas industry because I'm like, he is going to hurt himself. Like he is going, I know it. Mm -hmm. He is so, so I was so scared. And I just thought to myself, these were the kids also like coming, I mean, not always 16 year old kids coming into my class, but I was just like, I just felt this sense of obligation, I guess is what I'm trying to say is like, I have to make safety real. Like, Frick, I have to make it stick to my students so that they'll actually learn something from my class. And I was right. so desperate to make it real life for the student. Yeah. I think that's so important to, to see the people behind it. And I know yeah. um, Clark, who used to be a, a staff member at True Safety, he said that in a former training class that he was in, they would actually um, pause and in the safety class you would write the obituary for the person next to you yes. and then read it to them. And it's like, it's definitely a thousand percent morbid, but also like <laughs> it like sinks in the reality of it. And so I think similarly, you know, when you see your dad and your, you know, boyfriend and your, your little brother, it like really sinks in. I think your journey's, your journey has been unique because you've wanted to bring some things into the safety industry um, culture wise that, 
are not super common. And so like, you know, you're young and you have a big foot, like you, you're really passionate about leadership and growth and like people skills. And I think like some of the influences you've had in your life are not necessarily like traditional safety influences, but you're kind of being able to bring in innovation into the space. Tell me more about like that journey and maybe who are some of your influences, who are some of the really influential people for you have been that have helped you to then like bring a more unique flair to not even flair, just a more unique um, style to training that's really needed to be in training. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The answer is so easy. It's honestly my dad, because I think that when I think you're right, just like my journey being so in the industry, right? So my dad, my boyfriend, my little brother, like, but really my dad growing up, like I knew what wasn't working. Like I knew that the safety, everything that the safety industry was doing was not working. <laughs> like obviously not. I mean, I just, I, I would, I, it was just him. Like I saw the way his friends talked about safety. I heard the way these guys viewed, you know, safe work versus, you know, just getting the job done and getting uh, bonuses on the rig for the fastest completions. And so there was incentives that were tied to people's Christmas bonuses and annual bonuses that that rewarded get stuff done. I'm trying to. Um, You've cast on the to, podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to get, <laughs> reword my stuff. Get it like getting the job done. And so valuing production over safety, no matter what, like that's what the industry did. And, um, so I just, which knew, is going to lead to rushed work. Yeah. It's going to lead to rush work. Oh, yeah, it'll lead it to rushed good. work and then it'll lead to not reporting. So that was right. another thing I saw was I was like, okay, so you have the, these group of guys, you know, a lot of them are working paycheck to paycheck and they're saying, if you achieve zero accidents at the end of the year, you're going to get an X, Y, Z bonus or, and you get bragging rights because your rig operates faster than any other rig. So it's like Johnny gets hurt on the job and I'd be like, oh my gosh, dad, like, so your friend got his finger chopped off at work, like really crushed and you know, like what's going to happen. And he's like, we're not going to tell anybody about that because the whole mm -hmm. rig loses their bonus, not just Johnny, like the whole, right. whole crew. So there right. was just this culture that was bred out of production, production, production. So like, I just knew that no matter how experienced the employee was, no matter how many safety trainings a, um, a company could do, no matter the industry, like that's not enough. So, so I'm like, okay, what is enough? I also had a very practical, straightforward boss that, of that oil and gas company that I worked with. He was like very real with me about, you know, safety sucks, mm -hmm. PowerPoint sucks. Like I, it was always just very real to me. So I just had right. to come up with a creative solution to, to combat all that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think bringing that creativity and a big, a big focus, you know, that we've talked about so much on the podcast has been culture and the, the culture behind safety. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting, I when we were prepping for this podcast, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question because you would have said, no, don't ask me that. <laughs> let's, um, let's take it. But I'm curious, like when you look at what you've done with true safety and what really, I mean, it's been a team effort, what's happened at true safety, why do you think that 
Forbes picked you? <laughs> like, yeah. why do you think that Forbes is acknowledging the work that you're doing as important and, you know, one of the 30 under 30 leading voices in education? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, to be because also to be honest with you, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get it. Like, I, there's just, there's no way. And yeah. I remember waking up that morning that they said, the announcements will be made. I think that was December 1st. And I looked at their Instagram account and I saw that they did a legacy, um, a legacy mm -hmm. Forbes 30 under 30. So I saw Rihanna and Kylie Jenner and LeBron James and all these people that had been on the list previously. And then I was like, oh, like, of course it wasn't me. Like, of, like that was really mm -hmm. stupid to to believe in me like that was dumb that I applied like of course I wouldn't get it it's just for like big big time people and then um I went to the gym I was like well, I'm not and I didn't tell anybody that I applied so that way nobody was like gonna tell me oh I feel yeah. so bad for you because I just didn't want to tell anyone so I went to the gym and then I was at the gas station talking to my mom Oh, no, no, no. I think I was talking to my husband. I was talking to Jordan. And I, I called her afterwards crying. But I was, like, talking to Jordan. And then I checked my email, talking to him. And I was like, oh, Jordan, I got it. And I was just crying, crying, crying. So why do I think that they chose me? Um, you know, I was really transparent in the fact that this wasn't an easy journey. Like, none of this has been easy. I know that I talk a lot about culture and I'm, I am fascinated with leadership and I've been fascinated with culture and growth and, you know, interviewing people about what that looks like in different organizations. And so I've always, I've always been curious about it because just like with most people why they write books and podcasts it's like I don't have all the answers I don't talk about those things because I'm an expert at them at that day I'm fascinated because I'm fascinated at me getting better so I was really transparent that this has been a really really hard journey I was transparent that um you know where my where my parents came from their background climbing into the middle class and then taking this on by myself but um I think that I, I let them know, like, this has been hard. And, like, I'm a mom mm -hmm. of two now. Like, I'm right. going through it. Like, I, yeah. you know, have a two-year-old. And mm -hmm. this is a male-dominated industry, but I didn't say – I wasn't like, well, this has been hard because I'm a girl. Like, I don't, I don't really yeah. believe that. But I have a two-year-old. I have a newborn. All you moms out there, like, you know – just how easy it is to just get lost in your identity and the girls can really relate to this. Like it's, it's something happens to you when you have kids and you, and then mm -hmm. geez, then throw on that, the stress of having a business going on maternity leave right now was really, really yeah. hard and coming back. And I'm still trying to keep a pulse on a team and um, keep the passion and the motivation alive because that comes from me. So like, it's been really, really hard. And to mm -hmm. keep employees for a small company, I mean, it's not, oh, it's, as you know, like it's not easy running a small business. If you think about it, people would probably rather work for a big business where there's lots of stability, there's right. lots of benefits. And, right. you know, I just remember um, 
starting True Safety, we had freaking less than five employees, and I'm calling insurance providers about how do how do I provide uh, benefits? And my, I like never forget these insurance providers were like, first of all, you don't even qualify. Like we don't even supply insurance for yeah. a small fry like you, but like you're gonna take the profits and the little teeny profits that you have, and you're gonna not take anything and you're just going to invest it in in um medical benefits like are you gonna do like that doesn't make i'll never forget like mentors and stuff would tell me like that's not a good business apollonia like you're not gonna grow and scale by giving the farm away and i was like uh, this was looking back about how pretty wild i was back then i remember saying to my team of five, I'm like, I want noble energy benefits. <laughs> like, I want, I want, like, right. our team to get taken care of. So, I think what they also saw in me was that I'm team focused. Um, it's been really challenging learning how to build a team, finding the right team members. You and I have talked about this. Um, I really struggle. I'll be honest. I really struggle with holding people accountable. Like, I I struggle with tough conversations. I struggle Mm -hmm. with holding people accountable. Um, So that's bad. That's really bad. (laughs) That leads to destruction. And I learn the hard way every single time. So, And and I think this transparency of recognizing, like, there's been challenges, but then also not quitting. Like, I mean, you and I have known, we both actually started our businesses around the same time. Um, and I, I know we both know so many people that started businesses then and are no longer doing their business and that's totally okay. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I think recognizing like there's been challenges and you've chosen to endure them and keep building. So, um, what have been some of the challenges, some of the struggles over this journey for you that you've had to overcome? Um, going back to, I think the biggest thing really has been picking the right people, um, because, like, holy smokes, that has been a learning lesson. Just, just wow. And it's not, and I don't mean picking the right people um, skill-wise or, oh, that person was bad and I shouldn't have hired that person because they were bad. Like, no, I've hired some amazing people that have had amazing personalities, but they weren't the right fit at that time because I didn't have the infrastructure to support them. So like, there's just so much to it. Like I've had people that I was just, I really, really got along with, but I, and I thought, and that they're like the most amazing person on the planet, but I just, maybe I wasn't the right leader for them at that time. And since I couldn't hold them accountable, they were doing the best that they could in the environment that I had and they could only go this far with that. And then the holding the holding people accountable and you, you know if you really like somebody you you really get along with somebody and it's like, "Oh, how do you tell them that they're not like performing?" And not only do you how do you not how do you have that conversation with them, but then like let's say it happens over and over again, now it's time to like part ways and I mm-hmm. just could not I'll just be like so honest. Like I just could not let people go. Like it was just so hard for me. I would I would yeah. know that they're not the right culture fit. They weren't the right skill set, and I still couldn't let people go. And it ended up, you know, hurting me so bad in the long. Not hurting me, hurting True Safety in the long term, but it really hurt them too because it hurts 
what I realize now, it's just a mindset, sh- uh, mindset shift that if, if I'm not telling somebody great feedback, like I'm just hurting them really ultimately. So mm-hmm. that's been, that's been difficult. All yeah. So and just growing, you know, I, f- I feel like there's times where we haven't grown fast enough. And then there was times that we just grew too quickly and I didn't have the right leaders in place because they didn't have the right, they didn't have a leadership experience, whatever it is. And I just didn't, I didn't have this right support system for some mm-hmm. team members too. So that's been tough. Right. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, there's clearly been struggles and challenges, but you've chosen to endure them because your bigger vision of helping people see that safety is about more than compliance, you know, going beyond compliance has, has stayed true. Um, you know, I'm curious, what is, what is being honored by Forbes is 30 under 30? What does that mean? What do you get to do? Like, tell us, like, you know, do you get to meet some of the other people? Like, or is it just kind of a badge of honor or, uh, what are some of the things that you're going to get to do over the next 12 months as kind of being honored by Forbes? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this will, this just means that we need to do a part two with this Forbes journey. I'm so happy to, you know, I'll just take all the listeners and take you all on this journey with me. So at this point, I don't know what all we have planned for this next year. So what we've done so far is our first, uh, our first meet and greet with the education class. So that was, I think on Monday or Tuesday of this week, and I got to meet the other winners in the education group. And that was amazing. Holy smokes to be around these other, um, achievers and these just world shakers, like was just awesome. So now there's going to be, I'll tell you a little bit more about that, but so now there's going to be a second meeting about what the schedule is going to look like for all the events next year. I just don't know that part of it yet. Mm-hmm. All yet. They just said that it's going to be packed and it's going to be crazy. And there's going to be a lot of conferences and speaking opportunities, things like that for next year. I just don't know what it all is. So meeting cool. the first, uh, the first meeting this week was really cool. I, I had like four meetings. I created four meetings outside of that meet and greet because I got to meet um, companies that really excelled in storytelling. And we, we got to raise our hand and say, here's what I need help with. So I was like, I need help with more storytelling or helping with our customer success side on the for TSU. And just like overall, like who's winning in customer success? And companies are like, oh, we have a down process for that. And I'm like, cool, I'm not there yet. So how about I learn from you? So, but then going back, I wanted to touch really quick. You said, what is this? I don't know if you meant it like this, but you said, what does this mean? You know, like, what is, what does this award mean to me? And, um, what this award means to me is that like, you really can, you could, gosh, you could go for it. Like, I just believe in that. Like you, with every cell in my body is like, this award means that somebody who's, you know, first generation born in the United States and who didn't have connections and didn't, you know, didn't have things handed to them, like somebody just really, really, really average, you can do something great. And if you don't give up, like there, I really don't believe in failure. Like I just, I don't know what it is in me, but I just, I don't, I don't see failure ever. I just... I believe in falling down a lot and getting punched in the face a lot and just keep pushing through because you have to believe in yourself. If you're not, if you don't believe in yourself, 
how are you going to get other people to believe in you? You know, so I just, if you keep pushing and you keep going, even when you're knocked down, even when customers tell you no, when employees quit on you, when people talk bad about you and, you know, you really go through it. Like you just have to keep effing going and you'll achieve whatever you want. So. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it certainly is an honor. Uh, you know, for the company and for you to be recognized. And it's going to be exciting to see what opportunities it opens. Um, and I think that's going to open up doors and opportunities to, um, you know, take this message and take this passion for safety um, and safety done in a way that is engaging and in a way that people actually like. I think it's going to open doors for that to go even further. So this will definitely be a conversation we revisit throughout the year. Absolutely, um, yeah. I'll take but you again, guys. Apollonia, congratulations. Thank you. Did, you. I you, appreciate you, it. You've done such amazing work over the last couple of years, and it's it's always fun to see that recognized by other people. You know, you know how hard you've worked, and I think there are times where it's healthy to just pause and say, "Wow, this is great that other people are seeing this." So, absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. Well. To our listeners, thank you for listening in. Uh, if you haven't listened to some of the other episodes of the True Safety Podcast, head back into our library. We have so many conversations with industry leaders from all over the country um, talking about safety. And if you're not subscribed yet, then make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this, because uh, every week we're going to bring you conversations um, with top industry leaders. And, and we'll probably even bring some conversations from some of the other other Forbes features over the next uh, over the next year. Absolutely. So I'm sure Apollonia, you're like already thinking of I some have. people that you want to bring on. Yeah, no, I do. I do. So, yep. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, follow me on Instagram and you'll see this journey. Uh, I'll take you along with it. My day to day having a toddler and a newborn and a business and, uh, you know, a little bit of me time. But, yeah, I'll bring you along. I'm super excited to share it, it all with you. So love yeah. it. Well, thank you, Apollonia, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you. Head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team, where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, click the share button and send them this episode. 